Well, welcome to episode 47 of Three Point Podcast. We have a different look at the sports world and current events from three different generations. I'm the baby boomer, Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio. On the phone is Gen Xer, Matt Burns of ESPN, and our millennial, Jared Fatel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Our partners again tonight include Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Public Schools, the Corona Connection, and our podcast studio, Z92.5 The Castle. We'll also be checking in a little later on tonight with our old and crusty athletic supporter, Jack Strap. And everybody out there listening, why not subscribe? Give us a rating on Apple iTunes, and you can find us on SoundCloud or TuneIn. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's at 3 Pod. And, uh, boy, we got a good show in store for you. We're going to talk the game. We'll have some more fan feedback on this topic. The Lions and their win over Carolina. And we're going to break down the Thanksgiving dinner bracket. But take a listen, boys. Listen to this. Oh, it didn't come out very good. But I uncorked a beer. Because I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate with a beer tonight. Okay? Oh, man. Michigan over Indiana. Setting the stage for Ohio State. I'm having a beer tonight. But I'm going to tell you right now. I'm saving the bottle of champagne for when we get the bucks next week. But where do you guys want to start here tonight? Well, I want to ask you, you said you uncorked a bottle of beer. How, how old is this bottle of beer that you had to uncork it? Yeah, that's probably my senility. That was a tw- <laughs> It's a twist off. Be honest with us. Uh, trust tree is there an actual beer with you or did you just, is that just for podcasting fact? Uh, no, there's an actual beer with me. It's a Sunday night at the studios all by myself. Uh, I'll send you a photo of it later if you don't believe me. But, yes, I have a, I don't know how you pronounce it, Yingling? Yingling. Oh. I got one of those from my latest trip to Indiana, so it's very tasty. Those are the new, like, hipster beers. Is it really? Yeah, I see those all the time at colleges nowadays. Pretty at college stuff, parties. and I'll tell you what, tastes pretty sweet after that win over Indiana, which was a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, I mean, it's another one of those, like, yeah, I mean, people were talking about it going in, a, a trap game, obviously. Looking ahead, maybe to Ohio State, maybe Ohio State was doing the same thing because they, they probably should have lost to Maryland. But, you know, Indiana always seems to give Michigan troubles. And, I mean, they I don't know. I never really felt comfortable. I don't know about you guys. I never felt like Michigan was going to lose, but I never felt comfortable. No, and you mentioned the Ohio State-Maryland game. Just right off the bat, did, did we want Ohio – like, when that was going down to the wire, did we want Ohio State to win that game or did we want Maryland to win? I'll be honest with you. At that point, I was I was I was hoping Maryland would win. To be honest, I just at that point, it, how sweet would that have seen, or how sweet would that have been to see Maryland beat Ohio State and watch Urban walking off the field with his head down? But but I'm okay. I'm okay with them getting that win, and that's that's another thing that scares me about playing them because it hasn't been pretty at all. But here they are sitting with one loss on the season. Ohio State hasn't been playing well. We've talked about it probably multiple times on this podcast, but. Yeah. It's still Urban Meyer, it's still Ohio State, it's still the horseshoe, and we know what Ohio State's won 13 out of the last 14, six straight against Michigan. So it's not like Michigan should just feel like they can walk in there and and just walk walk all over Ohio State because still a ton of talent on that team. And to be honest with you, I don't know about you guys, but the last two weeks against Rutgers and then Indiana, as awesome, great, everything as Michigan's defenses, Doctor Blitz. Rashawn Gary, Winovich, we'll get. We'll probably talk about Winovich more. Oh, yeah. The defense has actually looked a little shaky at times against two teams in Rutgers and Indiana that they should have been able to handle. So it makes me a little nervous going into the Ohio State game with all the talent they have. It, the Indiana-Michigan game was ugly in many ways. It all started with Quinn Nordine 
being quote unquote sick and pardon the swear here, but what the fuck was that? You're a kicker. Get on the damn field, kick the ball. What did that he, was the he, start bailed, of the he bailed out because I thought they pulled him because he was shanking him in warm up. I had heard the storyline that he was it was because he was sick. Huh. Yeah, I think Matt. the broadcast showed him pregame just shankopotamus, just looking like yeah. a middle school <laughs> kicker out there trying to hit field goals. But I did see that too that he you know he he was missing those kicks and then he threw out there that he's not feeling well. So you know I don't know who who knows what was actually true, but but yeah man I, I've I've made it very clear to some of my buddies that when we talk about Michigan. I'm, I'm over Quinn Nordine. You know, he was so hyped coming in, and he obviously has a big leg. He can hit 70 yarders probably, but he's just so inconsistent. And, you know, you got a kid, a true freshman, come in and go six for six against Indiana. Sorry, but I'm going to roll with him now. <laughs> yeah, I think Moody has some confidence, don't you? A little short the first couple kicks, but he did have some confidence. I don't roll with a freshman in this game. I, I think you just got to send out Nordine. I don't, I don't like Nordine either. I've heard he's a douchebag, to be honest. But I think you just got to roll with him. A freshman in the in, in the, the game, I don't like it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Let's hope it doesn't come down to a late kick for the win. That's that's all we need. Have we? And we're recording this on Sunday night, but have we heard anything on Chase Winovich's injury? Nothing official other than uh, you know x-rays were negative. Uh, from what I see, from what I read about, an upper body injury of some sort. I don't know if it was a shoulder or, or what. What do you think, Matt? Did you hear anything? Yeah, I mean, kind of the same. Not a whole lot has come out. No bone breaks. So, I mean, that's a good thing. But could have been a separated shoulder because, you know, that, that could still be a possibility. Shoulder sprain. You know, there, there's still a lot of possibilities, I guess. But, you know, the no bone break, that's obviously a positive thing. But Winovich did he did post something on Instagram. He said something along the lines of, like, Everyone wanted this to be my de- demise, but I'm going to come back with a little zombie emoji. So everyone's like, hyped up because they're thinking that means he's going to come back. I was thinking, like, he could just be trying to say he might be back by, like, the bowl game or something. He might he might not be saying that he's back this week, but I don't know. And then he, he this morning, he got a ton of attention. Uh, some fan, a Michigan fan, tweeted out the, the gif of The Undertaker. Like coming up Great out of his gift. coffin, and he said the tweet said something like Chase Winovich this weekend in Columbus, and Chase Winovich retweeted it. So nice. that got like everyone started blowing up over that because it was like he's retweeting that he's coming back this weekend. But well, well, who knows? I mean, we know how Harbaugh is with his injury reports. We probably won't know until Saturday afternoon. There's no way we're gonna know until then. I, I <laughs> that, can tell and, you that right now. And that's exactly the, what I take what I took away from. It's good to hear that Winovich stuff. I did not know that, Matt. Thank you for that. I feel much better now. <laughs> but when you first heard the Jim Harbaugh, and tell me if this is not exactly what you thought too. Have you guys both seen the new, like the 2004 Friday Night Lights movie with? Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Yeah, it was, on, it was on, like, all of our lists last week. Yeah. So, you know the scene, where, like, when Bowie Miles gets hurt and he goes into the locker room and, like, he puts on a, a face, like, in front of the team, like, yeah, enjoy it tonight, guys. Like, we played great. And then as soon as he walks out the door, he, like, just has a uh, the stone-cold look on his face, like, as soon as he walks out of the locker room. <laughs> That's kind of what I pictured Jim Harbaugh as what he did at that media uh, meeting yesterday. He put on a face, but I think he went behind the door and he's like, yeah, we might not have Chase Winovich for this game. Well, i tell you one thing. Let's hope so. Let's hope he comes back. Let's hope they just play it uh, play it cool this week, get him healthy if they can. Uh, they need him. I think we all agree, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, defensive line is actually one position 
Michigan's really deep at. They have a ton of talent on the defensive line, but you can't. He, he's one of those players that you can't just replace the leadership. Some other kid, you know. I mean, even if it's a really talented kid coming in, the emotional leader, the whole revenge tour, and not to mention that he's playing extremely well. So that would be it. Would be a huge loss for Michigan. And I was telling people, I think if Winovich is, happens to be out, this would be like a career-defining statement game for Rashawn Gary if Winovich can't play. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Gary, obviously, the number one player in the nation when he came in and everything, hasn't really – I mean, he's been good. He's been really good, but hasn't had those, like, huge statement games where he has, like, three or four sacks and, you know, a strip, strip sack, you know, some other stuff. He could really make a statement on Saturday if Winovich doesn't play. And, and Jared, what did that uh, that sage former coach once tell you about – a player when he's out for the first game? Oh, uh, my father, you're talking about his yeah. his quote that he repeated to me all the time. Yep. A, a, a team can rally around a star player being out for one game, but it's after that one game that they start to fall apart. Well, if it's that one game, this is the one game, right? That's true. I, I like that. You know, so... Let me ask you guys this. I was working during the Michigan game. I only got to see the last, like, six minutes. Ironically enough, it was when Berkeley Edwards was down on the field for, like, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But was Indiana actually playing as dirty as everyone on Twitter was saying? Or was that just because they follow all these Michigan fans and it was, like, an echo chamber where everyone was just saying that Indiana was dirty? But in actuality, if we were on Indiana's side, it would just be an actual football play. I, I thought they were playing a bit dirty. They were hitting after the whistle, and they were hitting when guys were on the ground. I mean, even Winovich got hit. There was another hit by the same uh, lineman that they didn't call. Uh, and that hit on Edwards, that was pretty much a, a blatant, a cheap, cheap shot. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, oh, I definitely agree. I think it, there is there is a side to it, like Jared saying that, you know, once – Everyone starts saying it on Twitter. It kind mm-hmm. of snowballs, and even if people weren't watching the game, they just start retweeting everything and saying Indian is dirty. So, like, maybe there is a side to that. But I think there there was enough evidence, or there was enough plays in that game that Indiana was taking cheap shots. And I mean that that lineman, he probably could have got called for three or four personal foul penalties. The play, the play on Winovich. I mean, everyone's talked about it. It's a legal play. Like he he can't get penalized for what he did. It, right. It's legal for linemen to you know jump on the guy they're blocking and not let him get up. But it's just the fact that it was so far away from the play. The quarterback was scrambling the other direction, and Winovich was clearly on the ground. It looked like he was already maybe even hurt or something. Right. Then you just like dive on him and potentially like break his collarbone. So it was just a dirty play. And yeah, the cheap shot on Berkeley Edwards. I mean. That that just was a cheap shot. The the coach even Tom Allen came out and like tried to defend him and say it was like a football play. Yeah, and he was just going for a block. Like no, he that was a textbook targeting cheap shot. That's what that rule was made for. That that was that was gruesome. That was scary. You know the other big thing on Twitter too was the fact that the Indiana coach was celebrating like he won the Super Bowl at halftime. And, the clown. There, and there's two sides to that story though. What a boneheaded mistake by Michigan to not get points on that position possession. I mean, kind of. I don't know. Well, Jared, it sounds like you weren't watching, so I don't know if you've gone back and, and seen it, but I definitely agree that Michigan kind of mismanaged that whole they situation. Did. But then the, the video came out that the Indiana player kicked the ball out of the ref's hands. He did. And the ref's just sitting there fumbling the ball around like it's like it's a hot potato or whatever you want to say and not getting the ball spotted and then time runs out. So yeah, but they should never been in, called a penalty. I have no idea. They should never been in that position, you know, being stopped with the clock running like that. You got to throw it to sure. the end zone. No, I, I definitely agree. That 
just I think blame goes both ways. The, yeah. the ref screwed up, but yeah. Michigan shouldn't have let that be the situation. Yeah. That's going to be the big buzzword this week. Watch it out. Uh, like Michigan's got to improve in the red zone if they want to beat Ohio State. They got to improve in the red zone. That's going to be what all the talking heads are jumping on this week. Yeah, I mean, words. six field goals. I mean, you know, you get down there and come away with three, that's that definitely uh, a recipe for disaster against a team like Ohio State. They got to clean that up. Yeah, they do. It was just funny when I was scrolling my phone on Twitter, like, constantly during the game because, like, as soon as I got word that it was kind of, like, going to be a dogfight, I was just glued to my phone. Right. But it was, like, every two seconds a new player was down. It was, like, Rashawn, Winovich. It was, like, Berkeley Ed- Edwards was down. Like I said, for 20 minutes right when I turned the game on. Right. How about this for a callback? This is what it reminded me of. The Salem Witch Trials from The Crucible. Have you guys seen that uh, book? Or the, have you guys read that book or seen that movie? It was an English class uh, special. I special. did not. I did not. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, though. Matt? I, have, I, I know what you're talking about, too, but didn't read it. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, so basically they just... A new guy was... A new person was a witch basically every single day in the town of Salem. No, basically everyone was a witch. So that was basically what the, – the joke lands flat now because no, <laughs> no, one, no one's seen it. But but it was like every, with every injury, it was the same as like everyone was getting accused of being a witch in Salem. So, well, yeah, I, that was about it. I did want to throw this in there, though, tonight was uh, our biggest fear as we led up to this game last week. What did we talk about? Let's just hope Michigan wins and comes out healthy. And now they got they got the hell banged out of them. I mean, to Jared's joke that I, I don't really get it, but I think I know what he's trying to say. It did seem like for a good 20, 30-minute stretch, almost every play someone was going down. And right. even Aubrey Solomon, the defensive tackle, he got hurt again. And, I mean, it just – I was starting to feel like, okay, we might get out of this with a win, but we're going to have, like, all backups playing next week. Yeah. So it, it was a strange feeling. Well, you know, Indiana usually does get up and plays Michigan pretty well, usually. Yep. Okay, they don't usually win, which again was the case, but they usually play them pretty tough. Yes. Uh, and I think, don't you guys think that it's it's just impossible for the Wolverine players not to, in their mind, be thinking a week ahead. I mean, you can talk all the talk you want, and it's still Indiana, and you got Ohio State looming. Exactly. Uh, I mean, actually, Indiana, we've played Indiana into overtime two of the last three years. Right. So that just yep. shows you. And... I looked ahead, you looked ahead, the Michigan team looked ahead. The good thing is we survived and we got a win. Right. And hopefully as long as Winovich can come back, we're going to be healthy. Okay, well now, you know, we're all Michigan guys. We, mm-hmm. we know where our heart is. We know who we want to win. I think we all know who we think will win. We can bring that on the table here too. But it's still, we're all going to be nervous as hell. Uh, we got all week now. We're recording this, like you mentioned, Sunday night. We're going to have all the hype. We're going to have the little interlude for Thanksgiving and you know, watch the Lions, kind of the JV game before Saturday. But uh, how do you guys see this game breaking down there in Columbus? But, well, can I say this before you guys give your opinion? So this is what ner- makes me nervous, okay? There's actually a few things. And don't, not, give, not, a predi- not, don't give a prediction. Yeah, yet no, we'll I won't. That. I'm just going to, before you guys give your predictions, I want to put these stuff into your brain. So the Lakers do not have a game on Saturday. So what that means, there's a very good chance that LeBron is on the sidelines. Uh-oh. That makes me very nervous. <laughs> He's down there with Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball. They're dancing. Mo Bamba plays. That crowd's going to be on. It's our, the crowd's already going to be very hype. Oh, it's going to be crazy. But once they play Mo Bamba and they show LeBron on the big screen dancing with the Lakers, it, it, it's going to be an electric factory, Ted. It's going to be an electric factory. Oh, my. Not only that. 
Ohio State's bringing out brand new uniforms, throwback uniforms. Oh, They're no. going to celebrate the 1968 team. We remember two years ago when they brought out the LeBron cleats. Right. This, it's just, I don't like that stuff. Whether you think it's dumb or not, bringing out new uniforms, and when we saw it, even with Notre Dame's stupid Yankee Stadium uniforms this weekend, you bring out cool uniforms, it energizes the team. And I know they're already going to be up for the game, but I just don't like the fact that Ohio State has one, new uniforms, and two, there's a potential that LeBron's going to be in the stadium. No, those are all things that work against Michigan for sure, because we remember, I think, what you're referencing two years ago when LeBron and J.R. Smith and all those guys were on the sidelines for the Ohio State-Michigan game. And, yeah, the cameras seem to be cutting to them all the time, and the fans are going crazy for them. So that's not good. And, you know, I think it just – it really seems like Urban Meyer the, – the writing really might be on the wall that this is his last this last run with Ohio State. It just seems really strange. So who knows? Maybe to your dad's point about, you know, a team rallying around a player being out, maybe players are getting the sense that this might be Meyer's last season – and they want to send him out on a high note, send him out being undefeated against Jim Harbaugh. You know, I don't know if that's the case or not, but, you know, they could rally around that. And, you know, they, they could play, be playing with the chip on their shoulder thing. You know, everyone's saying that Ohio State's down. You know, they're, they're not playing well. They have no shot at the playoff. If they put a whooping on Michigan and then go in and put a whooping on Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship, they have a legitimate gripe for the, the college football playoff, too. So I, it's all stuff that, like, makes me really nervous. I think Michigan's offense is going to be fine. I think, uh, obviously, Ohio State's defense doesn't look very good. They, Maryland just did whatever they wanted to against them. So I think Michigan's offense will be fine. It's the defense. I, I just I, I have a feeling, like, Dwayne Haskins is going to have his, like, Heisman moment oh. or something maybe Saturday. Oh. No, 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 no. Or something and hurt me and man i i you know i, I trust dr blitz jared's guy i i trust yep. Don brown to come up with a game plan and i trust those guys but you know Rutgers in maryland i mean they did pretty well against michigan's defense so yeah, they did pretty well against ohio state's defense as well they did yeah that's what i mean ohio state's defense isn't very good either so that's what i mean michigan's offense i i'm not worried about it's it's the defense how much okay can i ask you guys this how, would you guys donate to a to buy Zach Smith uh, on game or uh, a sideline pass for the game. That would definitely help us. Let him, uh, sign, let him sign autographs like Pete Rose, maybe something yeah. like that. I think but, I think Fat Stacks should start a GoFundMe for a Zach Smith <laughs> press pass. Okay, before we get into more Michigan Ohio State stuff from us, well, we have more fan feedback this week, so take a listen. Hey, fellas, this is Brad from Van Wert, Ohio. You guys have a good show up there. But you're way biased on that school up north. We all know that the Buckeyes will dominate again because, well, they always do. Look, you Michigan fans get excited every year. You guys win some games and think you're good. Then reality sets in and you get smacked back down. Then you go silent on social media again until mid-fall next year after you roll some cupcakes. Then you start chirping again. It's the same cycle over and over again. It's like a skipping record. Michigan football hasn't been relevant since before the old man running that show up there was born. I mean, your last outright national title was 70 years ago. Husker Power! Oh, by the way, I still own and wear my 97 Nebraska national title t-shirt. Yeah. What makes you think this year is going to be any different? Because your fake Hulk Hogan wannabe DN made up some stupid name about a revenge tour gimmick? Brother. Stuff like that and the antics of Bush trying to tear up the MSU field? Confirms that Michigan is still a second-tier program. Try acting like you've actually been there before, boys, and tasted a little success. Oh, wait, they haven't. 
Best thing about Michigan is all the Ohioans in the past that made up your program relevant to begin with. Bo, Desmond, Woodson, Hairball, all Ohioans. There's a fairly simple riddle down here in the great state of Ohio. What do you call an Michigan legend? An Ohio product. Pretty simple. Do you guys even play high school football up there? How about you actually develop your own players? If you actually do, they go to USC or LSU or somewhere relevant. Last thing I have is you gotta admit that hairball dude is weird. Shirtless, pasty looking old dude out playing catch like he's back in his 20s. Picking and eating boogers on national TV. Sleepovers. Wait, what in all that is holy? Sleepovers? Have you listened to one of his press conferences? No wonder he eats his boogers. You're lucky he doesn't bring his box of Crayolas to press conferences. I think he received one too many dozen concussions while getting lit up in the NFL. Alright, enough of this nonsense. Just being connected via phone to you people up north makes my ears itch. It's prediction time. The Bucks will have the shoe behind them. We'll have Dobbins and Haskins picking your alleged vaunted defense apart. Your offense will crumble like they always do. Enough said. The Bucks are going to roll Michigan right on out the shoe come Saturday. OSU runs away with it, 32-13. The Buckeyes are going to score in the fourth, and Herb's going to go for two because he can't go for the three. Oh, we don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan, the whole state of Michigan, the whole state of Michigan. We don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan. We're from Ohio. Hey guys, this is Adam from Charlotte. Grew up in the great state of Michigan and been a Michigan fan my whole life, so... I love the podcast. I love what, what you guys have to say about Michigan, and especially what you have to say about Michigan State. And uh, looking forward to seeing Michigan go to the horseshoe and hopefully pick up a big W and, and move on to the Big Ten championship game. But, but we all know that when it comes to this game, Michigan is playing better, but we know that that doesn't matter when they uh, face up against Urban Meyer and Ohio State because Michigan hasn't won in Columbus in 18 years. And it's crazy the last time Michigan won in Columbus, Jim Harbaugh had just recently played his last game in the NFL. So so that makes it just feel like it was forever ago because Harbaugh seems like he was playing in a completely different era of the NFL. So Urban Meyer hasn't lost to Jim Harbaugh. We know that. Ohio State's still 10-1, and even though a lot of people are writing them off. They still have a ton of talent, and they might be wanting to send Urban Meyer off on a high note if this is going to be his last season in Columbus. So... There's a lot of things working against Michigan, and you know what? Ohio State, they don't have anything to lose. Everyone's expecting them to lose this game. Everyone's expecting them. This is the year that they finally lose to Michigan. Ohio State is, you know, maybe trending down if Urban Meyer is going to leave town. So they can they can play with nothing to lose and just, you know, throw some crazy trick plays out there, you know, just fly around and try and make plays. And Michigan's the one with all the pressure on him. So hopefully this is this is Harbaugh's chance to prove that he is an elite coach, which I, I do think that Harbaugh is an elite coach. And, you know, they, they've got to go in there and make a statement because I don't care how they win, even if they win by one point, even if they kick a field goal at the end of the game to win. It doesn't matter. Going to the horseshoe, getting a win against Urban Meyer, and doing it to go to the Big Ten Championship would be a statement for Michigan. And, and they need to get it done this year. I, I really think Michigan's offense is going to be fine against Ohio State's defense. Ohio State's defense has looked really bad at times against Purdue, against Maryland, and against some other teams. So Michigan's offense should be fine. I'm really curious to see what they do. If they let Patterson, you know, maybe have his coming out party and just let him sling it around all day to Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins and all those guys. Or if they run more RPOs because Ohio State's rush defense hasn't been that good. So 
Are we going to see uh, another game like 1995? I know, Jared, you probably don't remember this, but 1995, Tishmanga Biakabatuka rushed for 313 yards against Ohio State. Are we going to see Karan Higdon have his Biakabatuka game against Ohio State? We'll see. I, I think it's going to be more Shea Patterson's game. I think he's going to throw the ball a lot, take over the game on the RPOs, and, and he's going to have his, you know, this, this is why I came to Michigan, to win games to go to Columbus and win. This is going to be a, a close game. It always is. You know, even even when one team is better than the other, it seems like this game is always close. But I do think Michigan is playing better. They're the better team right now, and they're going to win by 13 or 14 points. Go Blue. I don't know how I can say it was good to hear Ohio State fans' feedback as well, but it's it's good to hear it because they're going to be so sad after the Wolverines take care of business on Saturday. That's the way I see it. Man, exactly. I looked it up as we're recording this Sunday night. The line opened at Michigan minus three point five. Think, Jared. I'm just. I, this is a money line game for me. I think I'm taking all the money I've made, which is I have made some money this year actually, but five bucks. It's not a lot. It's not. A lot. I'm not going to disclose how much money it is, but I'm going to take all the money that I have made and all the money that I originally put down, and it's all going on that Michigan money line this week. It's a burn the boat week, just like it was with the Michigan State game. And all that money you win, you're going to buy a thirty rack and natty light. Yeah, it's a. I actually want to rephrase how I put that. It's a. It's a Kyle Clough 2016 Rockford Rams burn the boats game. <laughs> I like that. Hey, so while we're here talking again, guys, before we move on to the next topics, how do we see this game realistically from our viewpoint coming up on Saturday? I gave my breakdown, I guess, on what I think is going to happen. I do think Michigan's going to win. I think it's going to be about a 10, 13 point game. Maybe something like 24-13, something like that, Michigan. The way I see, I see this going one of two ways, and then I'll give my actual, like, what I think the score will be. So I see this going either Michigan gets, like, gutted out the gates. Like, I can see this being uh, a mirror image of the Notre Dame game, where they just jump us out the gates, and then, like, we're never really out of it, but you just know we're going to end up losing. The same sort of feeling we had the entire Notre Dame game. And then we just have, like, the heart ripping out at the end, where we have, like, a strip sack or a fumble or an interception that just seals our fate. Best case scenario, yep, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if that's how you see it, then you're going to be losing money, big guy. No, that's not. That's why I say worst case scenario. Best case scenario, (laughs) Shea Patterson has a Heisman moment second half. Chase Winovich seals the game with a strip sack. Rashawn Gary has a... Rashawn Gary has a clowny moment where he just plants Mike Weber into the ground because I hate Mike Weber so very much. Love it. <laughs> As for my actual score prediction, this is how I see the game going. Michigan first score of the game, first drive of the game, they're going to come out and score. We're going to get the ball first. They're going to come out and score. But then after that, it's going to we're going to fall behind. It's going we're going to be fourteen to ten and a half. We're going to be down. Then in the second half, we're going to answer the bell, and that's when Shea has a Heisman moment, a final drive where we end up winning twenty four to twenty. Book it. Wow. I mean, you're, to tell you the truth, you're pretty close to how I kind of was looking at it, too. I think the Wolverines are going to start out, though, behind. I think they're going to be behind 10 nothing. Uh, they're going to come back and get a field goal. I think it might be something like a 10-3 score at halftime. The Wolverines down. Harbaugh and uh, Dr. Blitz going to make a few adjustments at halftime. And I, I tend to agree. I think Shea Patterson, he has been under the radar, I think, nationally all season long. And we've watched him play every single game. He's one of the best quarterbacks I've seen play at Michigan. I mean, he, he passes the ball right on the money. He runs the ball well. He runs the option well. And I, I agree that he has potential for a Heisman 
moment, and I don't think the Heisman's going to happen this year, but he's going to put himself in the conversation if he comes back for another year and plays at Michigan. And I haven't heard anything saying he's for sure going pro. You think he goes pro if he wins a national championship? There's a chance there. But I think Patterson wins it late with with a late touchdown, and they win it by one, 31-30. See, I disagree. I think this, if this is anything, it's going to be such a – I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a 10-3 to game. You know, like a, a thirteen to ten game. Well, it's anybody. Just a super right low now. scoring, boring game. <laughs> yeah. If I, but if, I'm just saying, if you're if you're a betting man, I would take the under on this okay. one. Okay, all right. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're throwing around scenarios. To be honest, I could see a ten to three. I just think that Ohio State's defense is just not very good. So if if Michigan can only score ten, you know, whatever thirteen against that defense, that's uh, that's not good. But you never know. Throw everything out when the rivalry games come around, right? Oh, I'm telling you what, though, it is going to be awesome. And my plan, I'm not going to DVR it, Jared, but I got duties. I've got high school state championship duties. I was curious. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. So my game plan is to do the game. I'll be out of there by 1230 or a little after. I'm planning on booking out of the stadium and hitting Royal Oak and going to my daughter's house. I might miss the first quarter on television, but I'll have it on the radio. And then I'll watch the final three quarters intently. That's my plan right now. I'm not going to DVR it. It'd be a real shame if that game went to like three or four overtimes. Real shame. <laughs> Why? Oh, you mean the high school game? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if that, uh, Ted if, would leave. He, your uh, your color guy. You would just tell him to take over. No, no, no. What I would do, you know, they have televisions there at Ford Field. I'd be right there in the press lounge watching it. <laughs> no, trust me. Matt, Matt, Matt. Stadium would be too. They'd be out in the concourse watching the Michigan Ohio State. Matt, you got to listen to it. Whenever you can tell, he's in a rush to get out of there because every time Bartman closes it out, you can hear him taking off his headset and starting to wind up his wires. Trust me, listen to it. You'll be able to hear it in the post-game call. Oh, I know. The one, the one game I tripped over my headset and it went crashing to the floor and you could hear the crash. <laughs> nice. We didn't even mention that uh, game day is going to be in Columbus too, so that just adds Ooh. even more like to the game, right? The thing that worries me about that, are they going to find like a Tyler Trent type story for Ohio State? Oh, no. If you find one of those stories, it's almost like a 10-point advantage. Like, you've got on your side at that point. That's what worries me about college game day. But everything else, I love that college game day is there. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And it, But the, the game's actually – is the game on Fox or ESPN? It's on Fox. Johnson. That's what I they're, thought. That's their big one. They they put in all the money to have that game. Yeah, I have. I've really come around to Gus Johnson on on the play by play of Michigan games. I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. He does. I have love that, him. He has that excitement level that you like to hear. Big game voice. That's what I like to call it. Yeah. And we also have Joel Klatt, who has became like the biggest like Michigan fan in the world this year. So he's, that's good. He's pretty good too. I think he breaks down games pretty decent. I mean, I think so, you know, Fox overall doesn't compete. As well as ESPN, Matt. I'll give you some kudos there. But that, they don't do too bad there with that number one crew they have. Yeah, their number one crew is solid. I, I'm not a big Gus Johnson right. fan. We've talked about it. I, he's okay. He's solid. Clatt is good. But it's just like watching college football on Fox, it just doesn't feel right. You know, their, their NFL coverage obviously is top notch. Right. But I don't know. It's just something about watching them cover it. Is there any internal stuff you can pass on? I mean, you know, obviously you're a production guy. It just seems sloppy to mm-hmm. me. It just seems like uh, it's a lot of like gimmicks and like kind of cartoonish, and it just seems like things aren't like really shored up like they are with, of course, our uh, ESPN productions. Are Absolutely, the worldwide leader. Yep, <laughs> uh, it'll be a good game though. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully a lot of classic Gus sock calls for Donovan Peoples Jones. <laughs> 
That was a pretty good impression. That wasn't actually. Bad. All right, before we move on to our next topic, uh, just make sure you stop into Rivals Tap House and Grill, the local spot in Mid Michigan, to catch uh, all the big games on their twenty-one great TVs. Weekly food and drink specials, including great burgers, wings, and pizza, along with homemade soup and salad. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill, located on the corner of Shiawassee at M twenty-one in Corona. Well, we've mentioned it a couple times now. We're recording this on Sunday, really only a couple hours after the Lions pulled out a victory over Carolina. Up and down they go. You know, now they're four and six. Thanksgiving Day game coming up in a few days. Uh, they win that one. They're five and six. They're knock out the Bears. Back in the conversation to keep our attention, guys. What do you think? Can I just say this right off of that, Matt? You pissed me off today. Do you know why? Do you know what I'm referencing? Possibly. <laughs> so he tweeted out, like, at Jerry Vitale, like, what interests you about this Lions team next year at Carry On Johnson? <laughs> moments later, moments later, Carry On Johnson, oh. most likely just tore his ACL. Yeah, that's what I'm oh. hearing. What a yeah, jinx that I, was, I Matt. I about that. I, I might have jinxed that one. Oh, boy. Well, let's hope that's not the case, but... It, you know, obviously, we don't know as of right now. But if it is an ACL, what an awful thing to happen to that young guy. I mean, he really, he was going to be the future. He still could be, but once you blow out that knee, I don't know. I don't know. ACLs aren't quite, this isn't 1978 anymore, Ted. Like, no. ACL injuries aren't quite what they once were. Well, that's true, but it's a full-year recovery, right? Usually, I yeah. mean, if anything, it's what, good. Adrian Peterson came back in, like, six months, but he's superhuman, so. True. And we're not, I mean, we're not going to bring him back for this season, so he'll be back next year. There's yeah. no point. And so, I, if anything, it's, yeah, it could be worse. Well, I'm just thinking here we are, you know, we're in uh, li- mid to late November, you know, and if it's a year recovery, he's not going to be around for training camp unless, like like Matt said, he can do a, a Peterson thing and, and get back and start the season. Let's hope it's not as bad as, as it looks like. Yeah. It just sucks because, I mean, it's – He's, he's clearly the best running back we've had in a while, and he's on his way to another 100-yard game, pops his ACL, or what looks like he could have popped his ACL. And it's just it's just like the Lions look. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Right. You know what was pissing me off the most during the game today? What is it with the gray jerseys and the silver helmet? Why can't we get it to match? Like, why can't we have silver jerseys and a silver helmet? I think, is, you, <laughs> I think you might be the only person in the world that that bothers. Isn't it kind of stupid, though? I, it doesn't bother me, and I didn't even notice it. That it's two different shades of gray? That doesn't bother you? No. <laughs> I, I, well, think those, hopefully I think it those does uniforms are awesome, first of all, but it does not bother me that the helmet's a different shade. Why? But it's like, teams always do that when they have the shiny helmet and like the matte jersey. Just get them the same color. It looks so much better. It's not a true color rush. It's two different grays. Well, you're certainly entire, entitled to your opinion, but, man, I, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I like the unis a lot. I would be curious to see, like, a, a matte finish helmet, though. Mm-hmm. I would be curious to see what that looks like because I do like that look most of the time. Did you guys see who's uh, who is performing at halftime of the Super Bowl? Like, no one's talking about this. At the Did you Super guys see Bowl it? or at Thursday? Or at the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, excuse me. No. Do you know who this is, Ted? Mike Posner? Mike Posner? Yeah. Is that a is that a musical act? <laughs> yes. I certainly don't know who it is then. Do you know the song Cooler Than Me? Um, I might have heard it, but I can't face <laughs> it right now. All I, okay. So I grew up on this dude. So I feel like I'm like alone in the hype train for this guy. I can't wait to see this halftime show. Is he I'm from Detroit? Is he from Yeah, Detroit? he's from Detroit. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. He's from the whole Big Sean tree. So do you remember Big Sean's performance a couple years ago? I do remember that. So I don't, I'm guessing you weren't a fan of that? I'm not a fan of hip-hop in general, but okay. So that's pretty much what we're getting this year. 
So pretty much it's going to be the normal uh, house divided where we have the old guys who don't know who it is and they're asking me and they're saying, why is he popular? It's always like the old guy thing. How is this guy good? You guys actually like this music? That's like my dad's quote. Well, you know, but it is funny though. There are there are certain acts that I, I I find pretty good. I mean, I think this Post Malone guy, some of his songs, not too bad. Really? Yeah. Okay. He's talented. I mean, he could play a bunch of instruments too. Like he's actually he's actually really talented. But I I don't know. I like some of Mike Posner's songs. I I think it's the Detroit thing is cool. Like I I think maybe I've brought it up on here. Like the Super Bowl a few years ago or 10 years ago, whenever it was, when they had the Rolling Stones as the halftime act, I thought that was, like, just so cheesy, like, terrible. Not to mention it was the Rolling Stones and they were, like, 85 years old. But it was like, you're in Detroit. Like, get someone from Detroit. So I think it's cool to have that connection for the the halftime show. What are the odds? Is he going to bring somebody out with him, or is he just running the show himself? He's boys with Big John, but I don't know why they would bring out Big John again. Would they? Would he bring out Eminem? Is, is there any connection there at all? I don't know. They're not boys. I don't think. Okay. It wasn't my personal favorite, but my family's favorite. When Nickelback, <laughs> Nickelback performed, <laughs> oh, it was just it was a nice cult. It was an event that you know the the old geezers and the young kids, everyone could kind of appreciate them. I like Nickelback. I, a lot of people hate them and make fun of you for liking Nickelback. I like them. Yeah, that does seem to be the thing, you know, and I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit on the side that I like Nickelback. So I like one of their songs. It's an anthem rock or what is it, Burn the House Down or something like that. That baby rocks out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got to say, I, I, I like a couple of their early songs, like their early <laughs> stuff, but it got their music got really generic to me. It was like the same thing over and over with different words and maybe a different guitar. I don't know. Like, I'm definitely on the Nickelback is pretty cheesy. Yeah, I was going to say, how many fans did we lose when Jared and I both said we kind of like them? <laughs> how many people said, I've heard enough of this podcast? How do you guys see it going like X's and O's wise? Because what I love about this game is it's the Lions Super Bowl. Right. Every All the other teams have like the actual Super Bowl to like look forward to and work toward. This is our Super Bowl. We have Thanksgiving. And the best part about it, the Bears play Sunday night, and then they play Thursday at 1230. Yeah. The league has no idea how to schedule these That's things. Ridiculous. And it cracks me up. That is completely ridiculous. You're right. Well, I, I anticipate the Lions to play well. Now, they very well could pick up the win, but I think they'll play the, the Bears very tough. And it certainly wouldn't surprise me to win that game. If I was going to bet on the game, I'd say take the Lions. Yeah, I think the whole scheduling thing works out to the Lions' favor, obviously. And... You know, I, the Lions always seem to play well on Thanksgiving, even the years that they really suck. You know, they seem to play well. But I don't know. I I have no idea what to expect out of the Lions. Stafford could go in there and throw three picks. You know, right. who knows? I, I really have no idea what to expect out of the Lions. And without Kerryon Johnson. Going down. Like, is LeGarrette Blunt now going to be the starter? Is Zach Center, you know, they picked him back up. Is he going to get all the carries? You know, who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah, it's going to be tough for sure. I've been saying for two or three years that I just – I wish – they could figure out a better way to use Theo Riddick. I just think he they underutilize him. And just watching the Panthers today with Christian McCaffrey, right? I was just thinking, like, why can't the Lions do those little swing passes? You know, get Theo Riddick the ball out in space like the Panthers were doing with McCaffrey. They need to. He had a couple decent catches and runs today. Yeah. that's not, Yeah, I can see that as well. The one thing I will say is this about the Thanksgiving Day. There's something about that gravy and – the fall in the air and the, the Thanksgiving broadcast where they put, like, the leaves as the timeouts that 
makes Matt Stafford and this Lions team the best team in the entire NFL on that day. On that day. Well, they do. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Do you think the the whole psychology of Patricia practicing outside this week, that was a big topic, obviously. It was pretty, pretty hot on ESPN even. I mean, nationally. What you think, what you, yeah, made, what you guys make of that? Practiced outside. Yeah. And, like, it was even, I don't know if you want to say stupider, almost more stupid that the Colts practice outside. Because I think I saw, I, I should double check it, but that, like, all of their remaining games are inside or something like that. <laughs> so it was, like, literally, like, why are we practicing outside? We literally aren't going to play outside the rest of the season. So I didn't really put much into the whole Patricia having him practice outside and his novel that he read off at the press conference afterwards. Yeah. I didn't really think much about it. But what? But his mindset, do you think that was a message to the team? Like, you know, last week you guys played like such crap. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to go practice outside. I thought it was very dumb at the time, but it's hard to argue with the results. I mean, we just beat the Panthers. Right. Well, I'm just trying Not- to still, I'm still trying to figure out his brain, you know, how he <laughs> operates. And I may never be able to because he's, he's kind of like a mad scientist, right? Yeah, I mean, he's a... Uh... A rocket scientist or whatever. Right. I mean, we've heard that enough, and it seems like he's a really smart guy. But you know, is he a good head coach? Who knows? I mean, I think it is one thing that we've talked about, like about the culture. I, I've talked about it probably too much, but the you know, you, this team clearly needs to be tougher, and that's what he tried to do when he came in. And guys were complaining about his practices being too hard, so so maybe there did need need to be something changed there, and have him go outside practice in the snow. Yeah, well, hey, you know, give him a little bit more time. Maybe we'll see some better results. Well, it, 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 time will tell. Time will tell. I did see someone after that. They brought up uh, the people were on Twitter were talking about snow games, like games that are just being played in a blizzard. What do you guys think about it? I mean, like it looks cool on TV, but you know, a lot of times the play isn't very good because you can't pass and you can barely run. Like, what, what do you guys think about the games that are in like complete snow bowls? I enjoy watching them. I mean, uh, you know, if, if it was my team specifically fighting for the playoffs, maybe not so much. But I do like tuning in, like when Denver has a whole home game in the middle of a blizzard. It's it's kind of interesting to watch. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the. You're not a fan of the, you're not a fan of snowball games, Matt. Oh, I love it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's oh. cool. I just, a lot of people were ripping it on on Twitter, or like wherever else. You know, they're saying that everyone should play in domes. So. Ah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, then it just everything becomes too vanilla, right? I mean, we don't need that. You got to mix it up a little bit, and I do think football really is is a better game played outside. I don't like the dome play, but that's what we're stuck with. And I understand the it's all climate controlled, but uh, I love seeing those old games in the snow, in the mud. You know, you don't always get the best team winning in those games, but it's definitely fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna have a big uh, Thanksgiving food bracket coming up next, but before we get to that. Let's tell you about the Corona Connection. That's a publication created and founded to plat- for a platform for Corona residents and students to connect. That's the coronaconnection.com. And also, join the Corona Public Schools winning team today. Find out why nearly 40% make it their school of choice, whether young or old. It's great to be gold. This is Jack Strap from Chi-Town. First of all, my favorite Thanksgiving food is turkey. And if I was forced to choose between white and dark, I'm taking dark meat every time. Dressing with gravy is my number two. Uh, with a leftover turkey sandwich at number three. And uh, by the way, my sandwich must have warm turkey 
Swiss cheese, lettuce, and lots of real mayonnaise. Not that Miracle Whip watered-down crap. Anyway, the most overrated Thanksgiving food in my book is pumpkin pie. Give me pecan and uh, whipped cream or some vanilla ice cream and give me uh, two scoops of butter pecan on a sugar cone and I'm a happy old man. The Lions win because the Panthers lose. That's not a win, fellas. Certainly not a game to be proud of. How can the Panthers go for a win rather than force overtime against the lowly Lions. That coaching move by Riviera must have cost us at least a number three or four draft pick in next April's college draft. My goodness, Lions can't even win on their own. The Panthers have to win it for them. The defense giving up that drive late in the game. Give me a break. Anyway, my first memory of Michigan football was listening with my father, Jocko, in our living room on our old wooden RCIA radio as we listened carefully to the antics of Bob Eufer. My dad would mix up a batch of his famous Chi-Town recipe musty muskrat stew with homemade mushroom broth. It was outstanding. Each and every game has the drama of a Super Bowl, guys, only in the case of Michigan and Ohio State, there is seldom a blowout. Every single person associated with the game is giving maximum effort. The coaches, the players, the fans in the stadium, and the fans at home listening on the radio. I say this team will not hide. This is the year to turn the tide. They've been playing since 1897, and the Wolverines lead the overall series 58-49. As Michigan fans, sure, we must concede the obvious fact that they have owned our rear end since 1997. It's sad to admit we've only won two cotton-picking games since 1997, I say. The team will not hide. This is a year to turn the tide. Michigan has a better tradition than Ohio State, and they have the most wins of any college football program. They have a tremendous mascot in the Wolverine and the best helmet design. As you know, Ohio State has a tradition where they hand out a pair of golden pants on a little small chain for each player who beats Michigan. Really? That tradition is lame, too. I say this team will not hide. This is the year to turn the tide. I say we start our own tradition. I say, uh, let's see, they want to win a gold pair of trousers. We should have an award where we have a gold pair of pants around our knees exposing a giant pair of Buckeyes. That's a tradition. And every time we expose a weakness, we'll expose ourselves with this new tradition. I say this team will not hide. This year we turn the tide. By the way, what is a Buckeye? Are they really named after a tree seed or a piece of Christmas chocolate that I get sick on? Is there a mascot really named Butkus or Brutus or whatever his name is? That's brutal. We have the best fight song of all time, too. And I say this team will not hide. This is the year to turn the tide. And I say, let's beat them in the horseshoe. Sure, we're not playing at Michigan, but who cares? If we're going to start a winning streak against the Buckeyes, let's quiet that loud crowd and that bald-headed guy that dresses in red. Come on, don't you want to see him crying honestly? I love it. 
Anyway, our defense has carried us all years, fellas, but this game, I believe, the offense will come through and shred the Buckeye defense. This is a Buckeye defense, after all, who gave up 49 points in a loss against Purdue and 51 points this past weekend against Maryland. I say this team will not hide. This is the year to turn the tide. My prediction is Michigan 42, Ohio State 24. We will take the lead early and slam the door. Ohio State will lose patience trying to run the ball against the Wolverine defense, forcing them to go to the air, and we will terrorize Buckeye quarterback Cornelius Green, intercepting the ball three times in all. I say this team will not hide. This is a year to turn the tide and I'm going to pull my knees down and expose the backside of my hide. Go Michigan! All right, guys, we know Thanksgiving's coming up Thursday, and Jared did a little homework for a change. I like it, Jared. Good job. Thank you. Brought something to the table here, and we got a little bracket on uh, Thanksgiving foods. So we're going to give our pick just similar to what we did on the greatest of all time Detroit athletes, and we'll have the... uh, the typical food on Thanksgiving. So you guys ready to get into this? Just one thing I have to note before we do get into it is there was a big omission on my part. I completely forgot about it. I can't believe I forgot about it. Okay. Buttered noodles. Buttered noodles. You're right. Do you want to throw that in there and substitute it for something else? Yeah. Sub out uh, cranberry sauce as a 16 seed. Does anyone like cranberry sauce here? Either or can we agree that it's trash? Where do you, you want to plug it in there? Yeah, plug it. Take out cranberry sauce. Yeah, because I I don't think anybody would have taken cranberry sauce in that bracket. Okay, buttered noodles. All right, so we're we've got it modified. So you ready? So I won't start with that one. All right, guys, it's the number two seed mashed potatoes and gravy against number fifteen green bean casserole. I'm not the biggest mashed potatoes and gravy guy. But I absolutely hate green bean casserole. Green bean casserole Ooh. is the biggest joke of Thanksgiving dinner. My mom, kind of a funny side story. Uh, so we're going to my Aunt Jenny's for Thanksgiving this year. And this is a little bit of, like, family drama. It's not even really drama, but <laughs> I was, she, she was telling me, like, what she was taking to Aunt Jenny. She's like, yeah, I, she texted me to bring green bean casserole. I didn't want to. I, I don't like it. But that's what I was asked to bring, and that's what you got to do when you're asked. Oh. So... <laughs> She's not happy about cooking green bean casserole, apparently. She's probably not happy about you spilling the beans on the pot, either. No, probably not. She doesn't listen. So. <laughs> okay, Matt, are you are you on the side of green bean casserole? That's a, that's a tough first-round matchup, because those are, like, my two favorite things at Thanksgiving. That I fill up, like, most of my plate with those two things. But if I had to pick one, I think I would lean green bean casserole. All right, well, I'll break. You you took the potatoes and gravy, right, Jerry? Yes, yeah. yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on there. I... I cannot even put in my mouth green bean casserole. I would, oh, all right. I would gag. So <laughs> potatoes. All right, uh, we got a number ten assortment of vegetables. Hmm. Okay, against pumpkin <laughs> against pumpkin pie. Let me explain that. So, instead, of, instead of having separate categories for like corn, squash, uh, all these different vegetables, that is sort of they're all. It's a grab bag. Whatever vegetable you like the most on your Thanksgiving plate, that's what you got. Oh, okay. So you, you lump so, corn in there too, huh? Yeah, they're all in there. So it's kind of whatever one's your favorite. You can. They're all in there. Whatever one you want. Well, I'll, go, I'll go first on this one. I'm just. I, I'm a big pumpkin pie guy with a with a little whipped cream on it. So I'm going pumpkin pie. I'm going pumpkin pie as well. I don't like pumpkin pie, but 
I eat vegetables enough with my stupid diet as it is, so I'm not going to touch a single a single vegetable on Thanksgiving Day. So pumpkin pie. You make it unanimous, Matt. No, you guys got me. I'm I'm not a big pumpkin pie fan. I I, I mean I probably only actually had it once, maybe, but hmm. um, I, I usually stay away from it. So if I had to pick one here, I'd probably go vegetables. So okay, and I, I know uh, your favorite pie is not pumpkin pie, or at least a traditional pie at the uh, Burns household. What do you guys uh, like? Fresh rhubarb pie, right from the patch in the backyard, man. My mom makes makes some fresh rhubarb pie, and I'll, I'll eat that stuff up all day. So if we would have had rhubarb pie on there, would that have edged out vegetables? You may as well just take it all the way to the championship. <laughs> all right. Well, it's not on the list, so we don't have to worry about it. So pie, <laughs> pie wins there. Pumpkin pie wins there. we got uh, another pie in contention here, a six-seed apple pie against leftover turkey sandwich. Hmm, that must be later in the day. That, this I, I don't know why I seeded these two against each other because it's my favorite pie. Or no, actually, mark that. I, pecan pie is probably my favorite Thanksgiving pie. But there's something about, though, that leftover turkey sandwich, you know, during the Cowboys game yep. where you have the the, ripple, the Ripples chips fresh and you got bread. the mayo. Yeah, fresh bread, turkey, mayo, cheese, lettuce. Like, it's, pro- it's, it's actually very good. And I'm not a turkey guy, but that sandwich is very good. So if I had to pick between these two, I'm going leftover turkey sandwich with the Ripples chips. Okay, that wasn't the Ripples chips weren't on here, but okay, you got the turkey, <laughs> you got the turkey sandwich. How about you, Matt? I'm gonna say I think the leftover turkey sandwich is one of the more overrated things about Thanksgiving. Oh no, I, I can appreciate it, but man, I like listening to Jared and some people I talk to. They talk about like leftover Thanksgiving turkey sandwiches, like. Like it's a five-star steak from a steakhouse or something, and I, maybe it's because I'm not a big turkey fan, but I just don't see it. So I guess here I would just go with I don't remember what it was going up a- against. Apple I'll pie, take whatever it's going up against. Apple pie. Hey, let's go apple pie. All right. Well, I got to be the voice of reason here again, and and go with the the turkey sandwich. Yes, <laughs> I'm a big turkey guy. So I'm going turkey sandwich there. All right. Here's a here's another interesting matchup. I. I would think it's a, a complete blowout here, but we'll see what you guys think. We got a number 14, pre-meal snacks, candy corn, M&Ms, etc. So it's just bowls of candy, I guess. You reach in there and waiting for the food. Or do you? Is this just over? Matt, do you have like that at your family Thanksgiving as well, or is that just ours? We have the dots, the the peanut M&Ms, the candy corn laying out. Yeah, like bowls of candy laying out. Yeah. Yeah, usually I don't, you know, changes or, you know, like Rice Krispie Treats or something like that, just sitting out all day that you just eat all day, yeah. Hey, just grab a, grab whenever you want to, right? Those are dangerous. They get me every year because I usually fill, I usually fill up on them before the meal even starts because we, we get there at, like, we're supposed to eat it, like, when the Lions game starts. Next thing you know, it's, like, after halftime. We haven't eaten it yet. Right. <laughs> right. you got to do all the socializing stuff. It, well, Pre-game snacks, sounds like it's pretty popular. It's up against honey-glazed ham. I think that's an easy one for me. I'd go pre-game snacks. I'm all about the snacks. Ham, eh, I'll, I'll eat ham like once or twice a year. I don't, I'm not a big, huge ham fan, so but how, snacks. how often do you eat turkey, Matt? Honestly, I, Thanksgiving, once in a while I will get like deli turkey for sandwiches, but not very often, I don't, a couple times a year, See, two times a year. I, just, I think a honey-glazed ham is a superior meat to turkey 
Yeah, we've talked about that on the pod before. So you're saying you're obviously going over the pregame snacks to honey yes. glazed ham. Right? Honey glazed ham needs to take over turkey as the top dog on Thanksgiving. Well, we'll get to that when they match up here, if they match up. I'm going to have to go with the honey glazed ham. It's one of my favorite uh, favorite meats out there. I like snacks as well, but uh, on Thanksgiving, I could I could live without them, but I, the ham would be awesome, so I'm going that route. Now, here's another interesting one. This is from the bread category. <laughs> you notice how I, how I matched them up? That was a good one. That's a real good matchup. We got number 12, cornbread. Okay, depends how the cornbread's made, really, so we'll talk more about that. Cornbread against dinner rolls. Uh, I work on the Marty McGee show down here. Ryan McGee, he was on our podcast, Marty Smith. Yeah, yeah. show for the SEC Network. It's probably all cornbread. And they brought it up on their show, biscuits or cornbread, uh-huh. and it has become like a huge thing on Twitter, people picking either biscuits or cornbread. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you have a nice bowl of chili, cornbread is great. But cornbread on its own, it's like really dry. I don't really know how to eat it if I don't have chili or something with it. It is dry. So, but dinner rolls, I will, like Jared said, you fill up on the pregame snacks. I will fill up on dinner rolls or like zucchini bread, banana nut bread, that kind of stuff. I'll fill up on that stuff all day. So dinner rolls for me. See, this is I think that this is a potential to be a big 12 versus 5 upset. We know how that normally goes. I'm a big, big-time cornbread guy. Basically anything corn, corn casserole, uh, corn pudding. Funeral is it corn. Funeral corn? Yeah, funeral corn. All that is so good. So for me, I'm, I love dinner rolls as much as the next guy, but I'm going to have to put cornbread ahead. Yeah, I hate to upset you on this one, Jared, but uh, I, I, I like a good cornbread, but for Thanksgiving dinner, there's nothing like a nice, warm, buttered dinner roll. Dinner. Dip, it, dip it in the gravy <laughs> or yeah, whatever absolutely. else you got. Yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, I just clean up. I sop up all the gravy with my dinner roll off my plate. They don't even have to wash it in the dishwasher. It's it's clean. Yep. Uh, all right. We got, we got a number four. Mac and cheese. Now, I don't know if I've ever had mac and cheese. That's what I don't get. Why is our family that way? We need mac and cheese at our Thanksgiving meals. Well, if you want me, if you want want my opinion, have your mom make mac and cheese and forget the green bean casserole. I think think everyone thinks that, but it's just like the stupid tradition. Matt, would you, you're a big green bean casserole. Would you rather have green bean casserole or a nice mac and cheese with breadcrumbs on it, five five cheeses in it? (laughs) Oh, Which so one is you rather? You're comparing that to like Easy Mac. I figured you were talking about like Easy Mac. No, oh, homemade mac and cheese. <laughs> right. No, on Thanksgiving, I, it's all about the green bean casserole. But that kind of mac and cheese you're talking about with some crushed up Ritz crackers on top or something, I'll take that any other day of the week. Oh my! See, that's what that's the problem. It's the stupid like tradition thing. All right. Well, let's keep this thing rolling, boy. So hold on. You I, I, no, you got me out of tangent. You know? You're 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 becoming an adult, right? Apparently, yeah. Yes. Start bringing some mac and cheese. Yeah, that's I, I am going to, and this is the thing that my family will do at Thanksgiving if I ever host my own Thanksgiving. We're scrapping the whole Thanksgiving uh, meal. This is what we're gonna have. We're gonna have pizza, fried chicken, chips and dips, <laughs> hot fudge sundaes, wings, fries, onion rings, cheese balls, cheeseburgers, hot dogs. It's gonna be the ultimate feast. Sounds like a bachelor party to me. Yeah. Wait, till, wait so till you get a better. woman involved. You'll see. That's the problem. That's where the problems arise. You're right. <laughs> mac and cheese against number 13, coleslaw. Oh, mac and cheese for me, if it's up against coleslaw. I like coleslaw from KFC, but some other coleslaws, eh, not so much. So mac and cheese. Yeah, that's unanimous. Mac and cheese for sure. All right, uh, number nine against number eight. Pretty interesting matchup here. I'll start it off. It's uh, sweet potatoes with marshmallows against pecan pie pecan pie the eight seed 
sweet potatoes with marshmallows. Now, let me preface this. If it had been just sweet potatoes, I think I would have had a different vote. But sweet potatoes with marshmallows, no good for me. I'd have to go pecan pie because I cannot stand marshmallows. It's like it's like the food version of scratching your nails on a chalkboard. It just <laughs> is just garbage to eat. I can't stand marshmallows. Okay. I'll say this, and I know my mom doesn't listen to this show, or else I wouldn't say Fish. it. The one thing that she needs to perfect is is the sweet potatoes with marshmallows. <laughs> she's not, like, they're good, but she's a really good cook. That's the one thing. It's like her... And by the way, his mom is a really good cook. A really good cook. But that's like her... Like, what's... It's like, what's someone... That's like her... If she was Jerry West, that's like her trying to beat the Celtics. Like, it's her one last, like, thing she needs to do to, like, cement her legacy. And that's... That's where we're at this year. She's she's bringing them to our Thanksgiving, Uncle Ted. Oh, so no. we will see. You you let me know. You let me know your thoughts. Well, okay. I, what I'll do, Jared, I, I'll be completely honest with you. I'll eat some of it, but I'm picking out the marshmallows. <laughs> Sounds good. But if I had to pick between, this is a really tough choice. As you know, pecan pie is my favorite pie. I, I got to put sweet potatoes with marshmallows through. It's just, it's such a good combo. Ooh, heavy upset for Jared. All right, Matt, you're the tiebreaker. I have never had a piece of pecan pie. Um, it's never appealed to me. So I, I think just because of that, i got to go sweet potatoes with uh, marshmallows. Sweet potatoes it is. All right, here we go. We're finally getting to the buttered noodles. Okay, uh, a low seed because of where we put them <laughs> instead of the cranberry sauce. I think it should definitely be up at least a solid five or six seed. UMBC, they're going to pull the upset. I don't know. It might, but we got buttered noodles. Against the Thanksgiving staple, turkey. You know where I'm going, buttered noodles. Noodles, are we just talking about like spaghetti with butter on it? No, no, big, thick, uh, homemade noodles with butter on top of it and crunched up crackers. Right, Jared? Yeah, the thing about these is whenever we have them, since I'm at the kids' table, and this is another change that needs to happen to Thanksgiving, (laughs) it needs to be buffet style. You need to get up out of your table, and you need to go get food. Because what always happens, I'm always at the kids' table, and we always get the scraps. And the first thing to go is always those buttered noodles. So I never would get them. So I'm putting buttered noodles ahead of turkey. I hate turkey. Okay, well, Matt will have the tiebreaker. I'm going to give you the tiebreaker, Matt, because... There is no way I'm going against turkey. I'm one of the guys, I love turkey on Thanksgiving. The rest of the year, I don't eat it that much. But when I get a good, juicy turkey, the white meat, I just love it. So I'm going turkey. What do you got, Matt? I was going to ask you, so your white meat over dark meat? White meat over dark meat, yep. Okay. But it's got to be It's got to be juicy. A dry, yeah, dry is no good. Is big. Right. I, I do like turkey on Thanksgiving, but... These I've never had these buttered noodles with crunched up crackers and everything you guys are talking about. They really intrigue me. So even though so I've never good. had them, I think I got to pick the buttered noodles over turkey. Oh my yes. god! A yes. major upset, folks. Here I on love it. Three Point Podcast. Turkey goes down a number one seed to a number sixteen. Oh my goodness! Unbelievable. Matt, you do need to have buttered noodles. Though seriously, you I are do. missing out. Yeah, sounds incredible. In fact, if you ever go to Frankenmuth. Their their uh, chicken dinners always has pretty similar butter noodles, wouldn't you say, Jared? Yeah. No, I'm actually. I'm. I think that this actually might be a uh, Aunt Jenny secret. She told me she actually brings those in from Frankenmuth. She does I, not cook them. That's what I thought too. All right, so let's keep it right there then. You you boys down turkey. So it's noodles against sweet potatoes with marshmallows. 
Second round matchup. I'm, I'm putting noodles ahead. I, I ha, we have enough uh, sweets on Thanksgiving with all the other pies. I don't need I don't need the sweet potatoes with marshmallows, but I need my buttered noodles. Yeah, again, I, I've never had the buttered noodles, but they really do sound great, especially if you say they're coming from, like, Zenders or somewhere over in Frankenmuth. Oh, yeah. I'm rolling with the buttered noodles. Yeah, noodles, that's a, that's a sweep there. Then we got, uh, this is an interesting matchup uh, for Thanksgiving. Again, it's Thanksgiving food bracket, mac and cheese against dinner rolls in our second-round matchup. <laughs> dinner I, rolls for me all day. I, I'm all about the bread. I, I would put mac and cheese ahead, but I, I since I never actually had mac and cheese on Thanksgiving, I, I can't move it ahead with good conscience, so dinner rolls. Yeah, dinner rolls. Uh now, how do we handle this one, fellas? If we voted out turkey, how can we have a leftover turkey sandwich? We got to move ham on by default, don't we? You got you got that family member that came from another family party and brought the turkey. <laughs> okay. No, I'll say this. Well, the thing with this is, I would actually rather have a leftover honey glazed sandwich than a leftover turkey sandwich. So put honey glazed ham ahead for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the ham too. I'm going to go by the technicality that turkey got voted out, not with not anybody else bringing it on the sly. Ham. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then we got uh, we got pumpkin pie against uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. I'm going to put gra- mashed potatoes and gravy ahead. I'm not. I really don't love mashed potatoes, but you, the gravy is such a crucial part now, uh, to now, before, Thanksgiving plate. Before you lock it in, I guess that's a, that's a tough matchup. I was going to say before you lock it in. We will not have any uh, dessert moving on. I, I think you're like overthinking the bracket here. Okay, it's okay. not like it's not like a meal. <laughs> We're like, not trying to plan a five course meal with the bracket. Yeah, okay, it's, I think it's, you're it's right like on it's, that. it's like the number one like item. It's not the like me. Like I guess the meal would only be. Hold on, was your brain like functioning like where because. Then at the end, all we would have is one item anyway, because yeah, everything would you. be eliminated. No, you're you're right. You you were on to me there, but I I've rethought it too. <laughs> Okay, so anyway. Yeah, mashed potatoes there. Yeah, mashed let, potatoes. Let me tell you this, boys. This isn't bad. The final four, not a bad meal. We got the, the buttered noodles. We got dinner rolls. We got ham. And we got mashed potatoes and gravy. I, I'll eat that for dinner any night of the week. Sounds good. Yeah, it's delicious. But here we are. We're going back up now. The final four. We got mashed potatoes and gravy taking on honey glazed ham. I think oh. mashed potatoes here. Ooh. Hey, just because I don't, we, like, honey glazed ham, it's a beautiful treat. I, we just, don't, I don't have it enough at Thanksgiving. I think we maybe had it once or twice in the past. Uh, Ted, would you say so? Or maybe never? I don't know. Uh, I think we might have had it when there was a couple of occasions we actually ate out at a restaurant and there was some ham, but. Mm-hmm. So because of that alone, mashed potatoes is just, it's, it's old or reliable. It's going to be good every time. Mashed potatoes and gravy moves ahead. Okay. I, you kind of overruled me on that one. I was probably going to go with ham, but we got mashed potatoes and gravy. All right. Uh, buttered noodles, dinner rolls. Dinner rolls. I Mark them down. <laughs> You're going all the way to the top, um, aren't you? Okay. I can eat a whole meal of bread. If I ever had to do the, what's a diet where you can't have bread? Yeah. I, I would never be able to. That's my weakness, too, to tell you the truth, Matt. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah, that's usually what I do uh, Monday through Friday, but I will not be doing that on Thanksgiving. I'm going to be having a ton of dinner rolls, cornbread, all of that. But there's just those buttered noodles. I think it's just because it's like my, my like, oh, what is the word? It's like the thing I, I'm super sought of. It, like it's what I, I search for the most at Thanksgiving because every year. Unicorn. Yeah, it's my unicorn. It's gone every year by the time it gets to the kids' table. So it's because I like look forward to it so much and never really ever get to have it. That's why it's just I got to put it forward. 
Yeah, I'm going noodles. As much as I like dinner rolls in this side of the bracket, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go noodles. So we're at the championship now. Noodles, which by the way, I'm uh, I am just still completely stunned that Turkey did not make it. <laughs> what a late, uh, what a late uh, substitution into the bracket. Unbelievable. It wasn't even a, it might win at all. But you know what the buttered noodles were? That's a play-in game. That's, it that's, is. That that is what they were. They played in. So we got buttered noodles against uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. When what the hell I'm, happened to this podcast, by the way? <laughs> I'm going butter noodles here all the way. Butter noodles are just the best. <laughs> Matt, Matt, I, I, I feel very sorry for you. That even though the, those noodles are probably amazing, I trust you guys. I've just never had them. So i got to go with the mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah, and here this is a really, really tough one for me because a good mashed potato and gravy, like fresh potatoes just mashed all to hell, you know, just smooth as can be with a good turkey gravy, that's awful tough to beat. But then you got the thick noodles with the butter and the crunched up uh, r- r- crackers on top of it. Uh, I'm just I'm going to go with the noodles. The noodles are yes. shocker. Great pick, great pick. Wow. Our, our Thanksgiving I winner. Like, I feel like we they got to be from Zenders. Zenders are one of the restaurants in Frankenmuth and let them know. Absolutely. Wow. I think we spent more time on this bracket than we did on Michigan Ohio State. Well, that's <laughs> the most important thing this week, right? Yeah, and I'm getting hungry again. That is perfect how we have. It's a perfect, uh, because if this is like a normal work week, this Michigan Ohio State game, it would feel like it would take forever to get to. But yeah. because we have Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, we got Thursday, we got Thanksgiving. We've got Friday's normally like a second Thanksgiving for people with leftovers. That's the sandwich and, day. Yep, it's the per, it's the perfect uh, midweek break to get us over the hump to Ohio State, Michigan. Are you guys one of those that you have to, like, I'm just curious, talking about the mashed potatoes, are you one of those that have to have everything separate on your plate? Like the corn can't touch the mashed potatoes, turkey can't touch the gravy type No, thing? not me. I've seen people no, like that. No, I'm not either. You can mix, mix it all them all together. together. Well, I don't mash it together, but I put it in its own certain spot. But if it touches or mixes together, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm with you. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh... I was going to ask you guys, too, if we want to talk real quick. I know, Jared, I've been, I tweeted you a couple times about uh, a big event happening this week. Not, not Thanksgiving, not Michigan-Ohio State, not the Lions. The night before Thanksgiving, the biggest bar night of the year. So you're not of age yet, Jared. I know that. Oh yeah. No. So, so you're not of age. I know. But is it was that a big deal back in your day, Ted? When you were you know in your young twenties and everything? Was oh, it was huge. Giving Eve was that a big bar Ab- night back in the day? Absolutely. It was. It was. It was huge. I looked forward to Thanksgiving Eve every single year. It was a nonstop party at the at the bars at whatever town I was in at the time. Yep. You know, everyone goes away to college or goes and does whatever they do after high school. You know, and most everyone comes home for Thanksgiving, and I look forward to it. I remember I, I probably, I don't know, I can probably say this now. It's been a while. I would probably skip every class I had on Wednesday to get home in time, and I had to, man, it was it was a great time to go out. Yeah, and it was, like you said, mostly the hometown thing, you know, when you came yeah, home, yeah. saw all your friends you hadn't seen for a year or whatever, and, you know, it's a good time. <laughs> You know, what, what, what is, I mean, what's this alcohol you guys I'm are talking to remember, about? Like, I think before <laughs> we turned 21 uh, in Owasso, we could probably still get into the bars. But, like, so do you, have you partaken, or do you guys just, like, have house parties? Uh, let me just say this. It'd be a real shame if they let underage uh, guys somehow infiltrate their bars in Owasso. It'd be a real shame, Matt. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know the old Ristos. We used to get in there all the time in Jumbo's. 
So Reese's. I'm not saying it'll happen That's now. a throwback. They, they'd let us in before we turn 21, but not a, I'm not saying you should do it. Yeah, I uh, no comment is what I'll say to that. Right. No comment. <laughs> we'll leave that one there. We know where Jared's going to be Wednesday night, and it isn't going to be at home. I can tell you that right now. So I, just to kind of wrap it up, I saw you, you tweeted out, Jared. I'm, I'm curious to hear what Ted thinks, just to see like if, it, if it's the same as what we all kind of are thinking. But night before Thanksgiving, you've got Christmas Eve, Eve, you know, St. Paddy's Day. I think these are the ones you said, New Year's Eve. Like, you've mm-hmm. to pick a bar night or, like, a party night. Is Thanksgiving Eve one of the best ones? It's top on my list, without a doubt. Well, I, I'm talking back when I was single, obviously. But yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. When, you know, young 20s, yeah. 25 years old or whatever. Thanksgiving Eve all the way. Yeah. I See, uh, this is this will be my first Thanksgiving Eve, so I will let you guys know in next week's pod. Okay. I expect it to be number one on the list. Sounds but if so. I had to pick I, I right now. New Year's is cool, but it's a little too, like, almost a little played out. I don't know. Like, I'd rather just be hanging out with some friends at a house. I don't know, something like that. But St. Paddy's is just out of control. I, I mean, yeah. good time when you're in college. But, you know, it's just it's out of control. Thanksgiving Eve, I think it is the hometown thing. You know, everyone comes back home, and, you know, you haven't seen them in a while, and you get to catch up with people. So Thanksgiving Eve is a blast. And then you get to just, like, soak up your hangover the next day with all those dinner rolls and everything, right? Oh, yeah. There's been the perfect hangover meal. The many, perfect hangover meal. Many a Thanksgiving I have spent on the couch, for sure. Watching the Lions. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys. Hey, before we sign off here, I know we, we're, we're all high school football fans, especially here in mid-Michigan. And, man, what a season by the Morris Orioles. 44-16. to They knocked off Pickford who was previously ranked number one. The Morris motto is one team, one dream. I'll tell you what, that dream came true up at the Superior Dome in Marquette. Hunter Nowak, who just has had a spectacular year, over 2,000 yards rushing, had 217 yards in the championship game, three touchdowns, and they went wire to wire, 13-0. and And what can you say about that, that little community just over to the south of us, Morris? I think it's awesome, and I think, you know, on our prep pigskin preview uh, before the high school football season started, one of our experts was talking about Morris a lot, so it's cool to see that come to fruition. But, you know, they were going to shut the school down, what, a year or two ago? So for that program, and I know, Ted, you talked about that volunteers kind of rallied around to keep that program going and everything. So it's awesome. I mean, all I can think is those kids on that team and the the people who went up there to watch that game, that's stuff that is going to be talked about forever in that community. So I think that's really cool. Legendary without a doubt. And also in local high school football, New Lothrop in Division 7 punched their ticket to Ford Field. They beat Lake City 51-22. to You know, they got their own little revenge uh, revenge uh, season going as they knocked off Puama Westphalia last week and then they had no problem with Lake City. Aiden Harrison, who's going on to play in the SEC at Missouri, he had uh, 107 yards, four touchdowns, and their quarterback, who has all-state numbers, coming into the game, he had 20 touchdown passes, 20 touchdown runs. Avery Moore, he had another 158 on the ground and a couple of touchdowns. So congratulations to New Lothrop, and uh, we'll be bringing everybody our uh, state championship next Saturday from Ford Field. That's kind of the, the prelude to the game. You know, 10 o'clock start down at Ford Field, New Lothrop taking on Madison Heights. Madison, I understand they have an all-state quarterback. They also have a Division One player at a different position. I haven't done my homework yet, but uh, very, very good team. So uh, it's going to be a heck of a matchup for the Hornets. And one final thing for our school guys, Corona. I went down to Battle Creek uh, earlier this week. The Cavaliers were down in the volleyball 
uh, semifinals. They lost to Notre Dame uh, prep, but uh, they had a heck of a season, the farthest they've ever gone as a volleyball program, and uh, they have a lot of talent coming back next year, so watch out for the Lady Cavs in volleyball a season from now. Yeah, I heard that. That I mean, Corona had an awesome run. It really, really cool that they were able to make that run, and they have a girl coming back next year, one of the Norris girls, right? Yep. That's potentially going to win Miss Volleyball. Well, she'll she'll be in contention, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. The team they played had the current Miss Volleyball on their team. Current Miss Volleyball and Miss Volleyball runner-up. That's pretty. Yeah, that's so, pretty I mean, good. That's that's a, that's a loaded squad. <laughs> and they got upset though in the finals. Oh, did they? Yeah. Wow. So that's our little local segment here on Three Point Podcast. Before we wrap this up, it's finally time, boys. It's what a week we have coming. What a week we have coming. Oh, I know, I know. It's uh, I can't wait. I, and you said it perfectly, Jared. You know, we got the break in between with the Lions, and then uh, Saturday morning, <laughs> game day, the whole thing. It's just going to be awesome. I got to ask you guys one last thing that I just saw. I just hopped on Twitter and I was looking at a couple things and saw some Ohio State fans with their tweets where they put the red X through every word that has an M. Right. I I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's because I'm a Michigan fan and not an Ohio State fan, but is that not like the corniest thing in the world? Pretty corny. Well, we do. We just call them Ohio. It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? I, I know I still say that sometimes just to more bug them. I, I remember even thinking when Brady Hoke started saying that, that that was a little cheesy, too. Just because it's like there, there's a school that is Ohio. So, like, that, there's really, like, no joke. It, it's Ohio State. That's true. I just think about, like, adults. Like, there's grown, <laughs> grown adults walking around Columbus with, like, red masking tape, putting X's on every M around the city. And I just think, like... How, how cheesy it is! I don't know. It's cheesy, but you know what? It, it it does it does slide right into the whole rivalry thing. Yeah. You know? And how you know we talked early in the season about you know who are the rivals? Is it Michigan State? Is it Notre Dame? Is it Ohio State? Neither of you two guys can say that Ohio State is not the biggest rivalry right now, right? Obviously, looking up, looking at this game coming up on the schedule. I know Jared, you 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 love to see Michigan State lose. You're kind of that way too, Matt, but don't you just right now, this is the rival game. Yes, but I also know that as soon as, if they do win, the first people I'm going to be thinking of is the Michigan State fans. So I, it's a, I don't know, whatever that, whatever that means, I guess. Kind of, kind of mixes in together. All right. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely old school. I'm, I just, I want to beat the Buckeyes so bad, so, so bad. Especially Urban Meyer. I'm, I'm so sick of him. I mean, the, the camera last Saturday, they they were cutting to him, like, every play, and he was, like, milking, like he had a headache or something. He I may have that. some health issues, so I don't want to sound like that. But it just seems like he's milking it. I'm ready to, like, beat him, send him off into the sunset. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, a little longer podcast than we have had, but you know what? I think a good one because we got a lot of input. We got a lot of stuff on the table, and after all, it's the game, man. We're, we had a lot to talk about tonight, and who knew? The Thanksgiving bracket would have had such a huge upset tonight. I mean, I'm still shaking my head over that. I just, I just, I don't know if I'll be able to sleep tonight. I really don't. So, will you be forfeiting your butter noodles over to me? Maybe once, maybe once I'll actually be able to have some. At I, I will not. If you want to move up to the adult table, that's up to you. When does that happen? When do you like make the, uh, bring in a dish to pass, right? So bring some mac and cheese. Yeah, Jared. that would be part of it. Sure. Yeah, you, you bring some food. You might be able to move up, Jared. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Touche. Let's close it now, okay? Just want to tell her. That's not just a bag of sun chips, Jared. (laughs) That's Uncle George's thing.
right. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. I just want to tell our listeners, share this podcast with all your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or TuneIn. Give us a rating. Send us a comment on our podcast page. Follow us and comment on Twitter at 3PointPod or email us at 3PointPod at gmail.com. And again, Matt, uh, for our uh, listeners out there that want to participate, maybe send a recording. What do you think is the best way to do it? Uh, the easiest way would be to record something on your phone, either with the voice memo app or whatever app you can use to record a, a sound bite and email it to us at 3PointPod at gmail.com or direct message it to us on Twitter or uh, Instagram at three point pod. Or if you have one of our phone numbers, you know, just, just hit us up with it. Yep. I'll text us. I'd say, you know, if you can just keep it kind of short, maybe keep it 90 seconds to a couple minutes long at the most. And then uh, we'll get her on the air and hear your thoughts. And again, I want to thank our partners, rivals, tap house and grill, the Corona connection, Corona public schools and Z 92.5, the castle, our pod recording headquarters. This has been a sports net Michigan production. And until next time, Thanks for listening to Three Point Podcast.